0: Simple, really great stories with a good cup of tea. It's the Tea with Mike show. All right, guys, welcome to another episode uh, of Tea with Mike. Uh, joining me today is uh, Warren uh, Whitlock. Uh, thanks for being here.
1: Glad to be here, always happy to uh, talk about these exciting things going on in life.
0: Awesome. And so, uh, today's uh, tea fact is uh, a tea plant can grow 52 feet in height. And that comes from uh, seriousfacts.com. So again, Warren, welcome to the show. How's the day going?
1: Okay, okay. Uh, I I don't drink tea, but I do have my my zip fizz with me. Wonderful energy drink that I now I figured out I now have consumed about seventy five hundred of these in the last twenty five years. It's That's been a crazy. daily habit for a long time. Very a very good thing, and I won't say any more because it's not. A, I'm not pitching the company, but I do really (laughs) like it. I like them and I like it. So cheers.
0: Awesome. I'm sure that I'm very happy that you're a loyal customer.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Awesome. So do do, uh, do you want to start today by telling uh, the Tea with my audience a little bit about you and all the fantastic things you've achieved in your life to date?
1: Well, there has been a lot of them, you know. <laughs> I've been doing this a long time, so I've, I've tried a little bit of everything at this point. I think that makes me good at a few of these things. Would you? Would you what would you like? Uh,
0: a, a little bit about what was in your bio, so digital marketing, uh, social media, sure. all that sort of thing. Sure.
1: What you well, featured, let's go back to the start. I was born as a very young child and uh, learned early on. Actually, it's part of this part of the uh, story that uh, I remember being six or seven and hearing somebody at a church meeting tell everybody that they needed to live their religion every day not just at church and I thought that's the silliest thing that <laughs> <laughs> why why would I why would I need to be different on any why would anybody even consider being different I've since found out there's lots of reasons why we put on different faces and things like that and wish I could say that I've never done that, but, uh, you know, i have tried everything at this point, but mostly I found out it's just a lot easier just be yourself. And the other thing I picked up there was the, uh, um, doing, doing something for somebody, uh, because it was the right thing to do. In other words, golden rule, you get what you receive, you know, you get what you give, uh, that sort of thing. And and now I know that all religions, all good philosophy, anybody trying to live how to, you know, with stoic life uh, and that kind of stuff is you do things and the joy of doing the right thing supersedes the the immediate gain, the, the transaction. And so that came in handy for social media and whatnot. But yeah, so I went off and became a salesman and learned, you know, go get them dog eat dog world. Let's go grab the whole nine yards, lots of sports and war uh, uh, mythology and business. And it just didn't jive with what I was taught about being the same every day. I didn't want to go screw somebody in business and then, and then hug them on Sunday. So, <laughs> uh, and lo and behold, I found Zig Ziglar, one of the best sales trainers ever, uh, very big from the seventies on back in the day. You didn't see a whole lot of people putting on seminars and speaking about self-development and things like that. It was, you know, pretty much all technical, do better at what you're doing or in business or, um, you know, and then it was, of course, religious and spiritual things like that. But Zig seemed to have it together. And one line he says is, "You can get anything you want out of life if you help enough other people get what they want." And I go like, "Hey, that's the golden rule." And then uh, I went through some sales training where we actually uh, learned that there were more people wanting to buy than than, want, than wanting to be sold. In fact, I don't know anybody who likes to be sold. We love to buy stuff, but we don't want to be sold. And so that turned things around and immediately tripled my sales. So that's where I come from. I got into the internet in uh, in '84. I was actually online in 81, sent a few emails. Uh, Ridiculous. Back then I paid $10 a month to have an email account from MCI (laughs) Uh, and um, I don't know that I ever received any email. I tried sending a couple and uh, just you know connecting with people because there weren't that many people to talk to. You know somebody in a in a magazine article would say I'm on MCI and I go like, let's look it up. Okay, I'm gonna send him an email and nothing happens. I just figured the guy was, you know, too busy or too famous to answer me, and moved on. In 84, I tried the internet uh, and then basically didn't use that until, you know, when the internet went commercial. But in all that time, I, you know, I studied advertising, sales, marketing a bit. We didn't, we didn't uh, like to call it marketing as salesman, Marketing was the people that make pretty brochures and oh, you know, okay. deal with that. Uh, so a lot of the well, and a lot of people still think branding means you, you make the logo look nice. Well, because it is your brand, but branding is actually a relationship with the customer and good ad agencies that, that down to just anybody in business now realizes that that relationship is there. You're doing the transaction to start a relationship rather than, building a relationship to get a get a sale. So, you know, when you go into the car dealership and they they start treating you Absolutely like you're, you. The yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're the best friend. Yeah, you're the best friend until you sign the contract. And then it's not that they're bad people, they're just mm. on to the next one. Yes. Uh, and of course that's how I was taught to sell. And uh, today I'd never do anything like that. I had a wonderful day yesterday walking around a trade show Went from booth to booth, meeting people. Uh, it's a special event they, that this pe- these people use. They call it a meat market. So one day of the show, set up a different tables instead of the big booths you normally see. Oh, okay, People okay. just go one, from one to another to meet people. Well, I made it through most of the most of the continent, going to all these 70 booths or whatever it was, and uh, met lots of people, took lots of business cards. And sure enough, I came home and I don't know whether or not those, <laughs> I'll ever contact those people. And I'm trying really hard to do that right now because of a project, right? And they're like, oh man, there's all these great ideas. I've got to get, kind of... And meanwhile, I'm going to another show this weekend. And uh, there, I just reached out to people I knew in that city and they're all like going to come by and say hi some of them said "Well, what's the agenda there's no agenda <laughs> just like awesome. people come and yeah see me. and hopefully we'll take some notes and do a little bit better working on that um after after 40 years of networking i'm starting to figure out that i the volume is not the answer i'm i'm very good okay. at the volume part i know a lot of people i can ask me any question i could tell you about somebody in that industry but does that mean I have a good quality relationship with them? So I'm constantly looking for ways to improve that. So, so I combined internet and uh, I ran a tech tech business for 17 years. combined that together and just started doing digital marketing type consulting, mostly for authors wanting to be bestsellers. It's about 15 years ago, and uh, then I wrote the book Twitter Revolution and uh, a couple of other ones, and now I'm known as a best-selling author. I Wrote the awesome. very first book about Twitter in 2008, and wow. so that's why I have a large social media following, and that then I and I actually engage. So if you send me a tweet, and as you and I have communicated, yes, as tweet, we did. I yes, I will answer you, answer you in public, and we'll have a conversation. Um, and so anyone listening, please, you know, at Warren Whitlock, talk to me. I love uh-huh. love to hear. I, you know, be really nice, and you say, "Hey, love the podcast. That's okay. I feel good when I get those. But if you want to ask me a question, go ahead. Don't ask if you can ask a question. Just ask, uh, and you know, I may not answer because I'm human, and I miss some. But I try yes. to answer everything I get. Maybe I say, "Hi, Warren. Send me some money." I'll say, "Like, well, you know, let's get a little bit more specific. What do you need the money for? What are you doing? What's your project?" And at the end of it, usually they don't say most people don't want money the other thing in business they're always asking for increased sales i got to get more revenue i got to get more customers i need more traffic to my website and i and i start with the same thing that i was saying i go through myself do you really need more traffic how are you converting when the people come to your website is it selling anything well no well why don't we talk about that how could you fix that and i i The older I get, the more I find out that our goals are never clear. (laughs) We can always use more, myself included. Um, And the people who prioritize what they want out of life get it. And I'm in business, I talk about business, but it applies to everything. You know, if you, if you want to learn Spanish, figure out a way to start speaking Spanish with people who speak Spanish. You know, (laughs) so you do. Immersion beats everything. I know I learned Thai that way, I went to Thailand oh, very cool. and speak fluent Thai, uh, it's been 40 years so <laughs> no demonstrations on that anymore, but it's still up there in my head because every day, you know, everywhere I went, uh, you know, road buses and and met people and uh, markets and door to door and had lots of meetings and, and all that and it was all in Thai and I think back and I go like, that's an incredible thing to have in my brain. Wish it, wish it was Spanish because I live in the southwestern United States. <laughs> Spanish, Spanish would come in handy a lot more. Yes. <laughs> but yes. but uh, I've never had a goal to, to learn Spanish. Uh, and so that's why. So this year I posted on Twitter that I was trying to, I was going to learn a new language.
0: How's that and going? Is it,
1: is it going to be, uh, and the poll was Mandarin or Python? And Python won by a landslide. I still I still would like to know some Mandarin. I don't know with my hearing, it's a tonal tonal language, so I might have to take care of the hearing aid or whatever before I get to it. But I'd like to know that writing it I no, I can't write I can't write in English uh, and, and have anybody read it. So I'll never I think I'll never learn those characters or I guess I don't want to. It's hard to say. I, I try not to say I can't on anything. So I am. I'm taking a Python course. It's a video. Program. Oh, wow. I don't need to be a programmer, but uh, I, the first thing I learned was Python is very similar to all the things I've learned from macros and uh, spreadsheets. And so, it's, you know, it's quite interesting. But, uh, you know, same can be true of anything that you do. Um, just read a book called Small Habits uh, by Oh uh, Crap. I'm blanking on his name. So, you'll find it and put it in the show notes. Um, <laughs> a, a, a really smart guy t- who uh teaches at Stanford about uh, uh the trends because of social media and think So, Small Habits is his book to talk about uh habits, and all the research on habits say that if you want to do something, tie it into something you're already doing. So, you know, every every time you put on socks, you're going to do three sit-ups, <laughs> uh, something that simple. And, it, and the idea is it needs to be small. It's not going to be, I'm going to learn Mandarin this year. Um, and I just read a book on, on speed learning and, and a guy who practices that lots of tricks and interesting. I love the tales of people that learn to do things, you know, they, and, and basically he wanted to learn a language. He flew to the country, and just, you know, rented a room and stayed there for a while. And in a few months, he knew how to speak the language. Uh, there's some other exercises he did. It's not that you can't learn it fast, but I have no need for that. I, I could get along fine being the, the old white American who doesn't understand most of the world. But uh, it's a personal challenge to keep the brain alive. I like learning new things, I, I have the thrill of learning new things. So. Um, probably, uh, you know, we'll get, we'll get to Python well enough that I'll be able to get something cool. done when I want it, or at least tell the programmer, I know what's possible. You know, mm. did you try this, um, uh, and, uh, I believe totally in serendipity, uh, that if you go out and get as prepared as you can, the path you take, you have your North star and your big goals and where you want to go, but the path you take. Is not going to be a straight line no and sometimes it's the detour that brings the most fun in life Oh, so, so uh, this this morning I was getting ready to uh, to talk to you trying to get some things done on my laptop my grandchildren arrived in the house um, they decided they needed to entertain me um, <laughs> they thought they were helping grandma um, and so they actually brought me the bottle of water that I made my ZipFizz from, and the, and the two, they brought two tubes so I could chew. Um, and it was, you know, utterly worthless from a practical standpoint, but it made my day that I was able to interact with them. And there's a little bit of work they didn't get done, but all in all, I think it's going to be a good day. You know, I got here, I've got other things planned, and uh, oh, excellent. Hopefully- Hopefully, I'm going to pop into something and make somebody's day better.
0: Awesome. So, uh, so uh, going back a little bit, uh, what interest uh, did you when you were starting off about uh, the whole ad sales, uh, marketing world, and then the transition kind of into the
1: digital world? And what did you think yeah. of
0: digital and then the emergence of social media?
1: <laughs> well, they say that, you know, digital first is a millennial trait. Um, and I could go on for some time about the problems with demographics being what year you were born but you know so i lead um, <coughs> excuse me. i lead millennials in a lot of a lot of ways and if you take the, the millennial test of uh, what do uh what do young people want to do that's different than old people and if, you know there's a lot of things generational where we have differences but if i read the list of the traits in the basic how to understand in the market? They you were know, like if you don't use birth year, I'm totally a millennial. I think a <laughs> digital first, and and actually for the so for the digital part of your question there, it's like always. The minute I saw that I could connect with somebody faster online, I wanted I wanted a computer. Uh, Radio Shack had computers. Went into a store, played with one, was totally immersed. Was was actually learning basic programming by. Typing in the command and saw the possibilities of what could be done. And I did that in college in the seventies. And, uh, I, I am, I am the same age as Bill Gates and Steve jobs would be. And so there's something about the time you turn 20 and where the world's at. Uh, and that's, what's in, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book, uh, outliers. Uh, and that and then the 10,000 hours. Well, I didn't spend 10,000 hours learning code like Bill Gates. Uh, I did, you know, I was doing other things. Uh, And actually the time I lived in Thailand was when they went, I was like my whole year of being 20, I was in Thailand. So I just had other focuses. Uh, But uh, when I went back and looked, I'm going like, yeah, I was interested in the same things in the hobby, as magazines, things like that. And when Bill Gates said, we we're going to put a computer on every desk, I go like, well, of course. And, and, <laughs> and I could I was having trouble imagining how we'd get one into a home. Because, you know, I knew somebody with a computer in his garage. It was in a rack. They
0: used to be, they used to be really big, big old old didn't they? Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah. It was yeah. A big old thing. Uh, this is before PCs. And uh, he said that, well, you know, because of the way phone lines work, we'll never be able to go over 1,200 baud. And 1,200 baud in megabits is, you know, 0.001 or maybe 0.12, you know, whatever. It's like tiny, tiny. Uh, and modems got up to about 57, and then we jump to broadband and stuff, and like, you know, mine's cable. But uh, you know, all over the phone lines, you can do amazing things. Uh, but that guy had it all figured out. This is all we could do, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be able to do computing work for people and bring it to this house and be able to type it in and store the database and they go like, great, but uh, you know, they're gonna get smaller. So I knew right away that that was the, the future. It was beyond, uh, back then they liked to talk about a home computer would store recipes. So you know what to cook. And even today, if you want a new recipe, you can get a YouTube video, not a, yes. um, not not some recipe file in a, in a database. And the idea of databases I learned in a book called Database Marketing. Uh, this one will be one I don't recommend because it's quite old, <laughs> 30, 33 years old this year. I read that and totally understood a concept that we've been taught in college was, or in accounting type of classes, was uh, that when you put, gathered what was valuable to sell a business, there was something called uh, goodwill. And so when you added up all of the, the furniture and building and then all of the inventory, and, and then you came up with the price, if it was higher than just paying for the, the sticks and stones and inventory, uh, that, you know, that was called goodwill, that, you know, the, the, the fact that you were doing good business was worth something. Um, and that's always been true. But at that point, this was back in the eighties, I said, gosh, Database means all the people you know. So if you run a liquor store, a convenience store, anything like that, but especially liquor stores for some reason, have a very tight circle. No one drives more than five miles to buy alcohol. Oh. They, if they can get at a grocery, or it a bar, whatever, but you know you go into a store to buy liquor and you're not gonna drive that far. There's enough of them you usually don't have to. And uh, uh, and so that means everybody in that five mile radius is the database. You haven't collected it. No one is, is doing it that way. I have seen some new age ad things where you can draw a line on a map, and it will find you you know mailing list or social media contacts of people inside that line. Very sophisticated, high end, costs a lot of money. Mm, I'm to sure, do this, but if you're running a dry cleaner or a liquor store or something that just caters to a local audience obviously that would be good yes. um, and the nice thing about the internet is while it's global it's also used very local Yes. when i when i pull up a phone to find out about a restaurant or you know where where to eat uh, where to get some gas uh, it's very local it, it goes with my gps position and then you know, what's the closest, um, so, and, and the world there will have sensors and whatnot, so, what's changed for me over the years, I finally figured out that I know about these trends, acting on them helps out, Uh, I, you know, I kind of did well with social media, but it wasn't ever a career, um, you know, so, I don't have millions of dollars I made because I have a million followers, uh, you know, it's been good for me, lots of business, and, you know, other people would say, hey, that's a pretty good chunk of money. But, uh, you know, just, you know, that was all spent on groceries here. It didn't make me rich. With PCs, I knew that was something and I was selling advertising back then. And so I delighted in knowing that. I, and so I guess what I figured out was uh, that my strength is in getting into stuff that's new, getting things started. So that's how I focus today. Uh, blockchain is my current uh, focus uh, anything that's using blockchain uh, and way beyond crypto crypto is just the famous part um, you know and crypto made blockchain possible so that uh, you know if you have ten records on a sp- ten lines on a spreadsheet and they're connected to the next ten line connected to the next ten lines as blocks you chain those blocks together it's that simple of a concept but you know no one did it before. I've met many people that did 400 episodes of a podcast and then because of a change in their job or they decided not to do the podcast or whatever, forgot to pay a hosting bill and 400 episodes are gone. Mm. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, in the future, that's not gonna happen. Uh, everything is getting switched to this because storage is so cheap and bandwidth is so cheap today that we now can everything that you might want to say for any reason, you do that. Uh, Gmail started it with uh, Google was, Google was looking at throwing away some things about the time of Gmail. And there's a, uh, one of the books on Google I read said, at that point they said, maybe we ought to just keep it. And then Gmail came along and they gave, uh, let me see. I had, I, I just read this yesterday someplace. It was, you got a gigabyte of storage, uh, you know, now you couldn't get by with 50 gigabytes, if you want to keep Mm -hmm. email. Got a gigabyte of storage and a, uh, uh, the the common was 20 megabytes. So much, much more storage, a factor of, you know, what is that, 50, uh, higher. And, And so, and, you know, you project that and you find out that everything is moving towards free. Used to be, you know, oh, memory chips. I worked on laser printers. Memory oh, chips cool. upgrade the memory, so you could print a full page of graphics. Because the laser printers, the early laser jets, the way they came, you're going to print a half page of graphics. So you had to like run it through twice at one percent.
0: Oh, together. Memory page.
1: upgrade was, mm-hmm. you know, could it be a thousand dollars to have the memory to print a full page. Uh, and also the speed at which they got the data was very slow. And what we saw over the in the 90s, with that sped up to the fact that you want a page, push a button, and it comes out. And you know, you need 50 pages, it'll do that. And the speed started to go up, and ultimately made being in the the business of taking care of business laser printers something that wasn't needed anymore. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, now you go to go to Walmart and pick up a laser printer, you're good to go. Uh, but uh, back then when they were business machines and costing a lot of money, we saw those increases and the idea that there were all those addressable pixels on every page, meaning that they were in the computer. That's what kept me learning about computers and all that. Um, so awesome. I guess I I guess I got into that one pretty early. I was on um, other things that are, were, before they started calling it social media, leading up to LinkedIn came along in 2004 and I immediately jumped on that, but didn't do much. When, when I call it, when they let the adults on Facebook, because Facebook started with college students. So, and, you know, it was, I was in my 50s. So, uh, so we got I jumped on Facebook immediately and found, uh, actually found, I'd already joined Twitter, but I found out that Twitter and Facebook had some kind of a partnership. Back then, Facebook would be a profile. There wasn't a news feed when you went. Oh, okay. And and there'd be in the in the right hand column there'd be like three items of status updates from your friends, so all of the video and pictures and everything came later. Um, And I figured if I had 500 connections on Facebook, and each one of them updated their status every couple of days, probably on average, right, and a few of them more often. That if I would just update my status every day or maybe twice a day, I'd be seen by everybody else. And sure enough, that's how you grow mm-hmm. in social media. You use it a lot more than the other people. Yeah, so you appear in the algorithms more. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then uh, I, you know, I was first call, I was marketing books and making them bestseller. So my first Twitter account was book marketing, um, and because I wanted my keywords, and uh, and then I'm in a conversation with Guy Kawasaki. And I'm thinking like, uh, I shouldn't be this. So I created an account with my name. So um, every once in a while, somebody searches and says, "Yeah, I've been using Twitter that, that long. Look at what you have. <laughs> Well, that's the second account. I have well, I have ten or twenty thousand followers on the on the old account, and I gave that up. And uh, actually, that was the account I made as Warren Whitlaw. And then in the book, we figured out a way and to told people how to switch. You open up a new account. You let the name go and then change your name on the oh, uh, yes. second account. And then you change the name on the old one back to something else. And, uh, yeah, and, of course, today, with mil- hundreds of millions of users, somebody might grab your name while you while you let it go for a second. Yes, um, but, very true. Uh, so far, I've never heard of that actually happening. So and it's been, I don't know. Geez. I just did a name change a couple of months ago, but that was just... we we bought the name and then just changed, we, they gave us the password. And so we just decided to use that account along with our old account, because so we were it was our trademark. So um, anyway, start talking to people, see how you can help. And if you want more out of life, you need to give more. Uh, Think and Grow Rich, one of the greatest books for, for success ever, has a, in the first chapter, only a few pages in, talks about a formula for success if you follow that you don't need anything else you can get whatever you want and of course it's talking about money but you but everything uh, money is just a metaphor money is just a way that you can score thing you want you help know, you want to you know you want to get good at, at football and you know then yeah that would be the thing you do uh, but uh, this first and I'm going to paraphrase because I've now been saying so long that I'm not sure that mine match up, but basically you need to have a goal that's very specific. We talked about goals before. You need to commit of uh, what you're going to give for that goal. And the way it's worded in the book, and a lot of people talking about law of attraction and stuff are saying are saying, well, you know, you just gotta kind of want it. You've got to dream big and picture it and put it on your vision board. No, you need a plan where I'm gonna earn a million dollars and I'm gonna do that by doing something worth $10,000 a hundred times, uh, and I'm, you know here's how I'm going to get the people and what I'm going to do, or is it going to be I'm going to do something worth ten dollars 10,000 times? Yes. Uh, I think, uh, I think I'm just a zero, but whatever. Uh, understand I understand
0: the it, principle, yes.
1: Yes, you have to do it 100,000 times if it's 10. So I talk to people that want to have a book to sell. They need to sell 100,000 books to make a million dollars. Uh, well, at ten dollars, they probably get a little bit more for the book now. But and most don't. Most business books, uh, maybe it's a dozen or so in a year will hit a hundred thousand in sales. So the very popular business books don't do that well. Uh, and of course, that was that was what I was into. I was writing business books. So when we sold ten times as many Twitter books as I anticipated, I said this social media thing is going to be a hit. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, Yeah, it actually and and in that level of success you start ordering more books to ship and then they sell the books and then sooner or later some of them come back and (laughs) economically you spend a lot more money promoting and I didn't do one of my promotions of buy this book today and you're gonna get a prize. I didn't do that for mine because I figured a book on social media in 2008 wasn't gonna sell very well. In 2009, it just like magically picked up and sold, you know, way more than we we just wanted to get the book out. Most uh, business books don't sell more than about 100 copies. The average of all nonfiction books is 100 copies. Is that and it? Fiction, wow. Fiction's probably not much different. I just don't know the number on it, but uh, yeah. So, and what you do is you use the the book as a big business card, and of course, I'm uh, going way back to the days of paper. Today, you know, I'm I'm going back to that event today that I w- was telling you about uh, been attending, and I'm not going to carry copies of my book they hand out. No, I, I go with, uh, you know, uh, pockets open in the jacket and that's how much stuff I bring home. Um, so they hand me a, a brochure and I say, why don't you keep that and make sure I have your website. And I'm going to go read about you later. Uh, yes. Otherwise, and, you have this about. <laughs> yeah, I, what would I do with that piece of paper? And then you got to put it in a bag then you got to sort through the bag. Um, and then of course, you do pick up some more of the uh, the uh, chotskys, the uh, items they give away. So uh, you know, yesterday I wound up with yet another thing that would keep my coffee warm. <laughs> I don't drink coffee or tea as we've already established, though doesn't do me any good. And, and I only have two family members living with me. And they each have four or five from other events I've been to. So, <laughs> how many of these do I need? Uh, and uh, but T-shirts, I have a large collection of T-shirts. So, but I go and I meet people and I look for the serendipity. So, did I finish the four things? Decide you're going to do it. Decide when you're going to do it. When your definite date of completion is, and then make a commitment you're going to do this. And he says, you know, do all these things. Write it out. Read it every day. aloud, all good stuff that I threw out a long time ago. The rest of everything in self help, including this podcast, anything that's helping you get better. and You think about sales training and business, to uh, you know, to how to how to fix your car. Everything is self help uh, in those kind of s- subjects. So, uh, and you can get you can get somebody to do it for you. You can learn to do it yourself and decide that's something you want to use your talents on. Um, or you can, you know, just take a different path. The car is broken. I'll get a new car. Uh, you know, so uh, there's very few things you can do. You have to decide I'm going to do it. I'm going to take care of it. And I know personally, there's been so many times when, again, this is the stack of business cards from a couple of weeks ago. They're still sitting on my desk. Yeah,
0: so you're still working um, yeah, through.
1: I made I made some connections, but I need to go through and make sure I didn't miss any because. I love connecting on LinkedIn when I meet somebody, there's a barcode and a scanner built into the mobile apps now, very fast to make a business connection. But I have 28,000 LinkedIn connections. I don't get back to everybody. (laughs) So So we all have that kind of problem of, you know, hey, I'm going to get up every morning and exercise. And then, well, maybe not today. You know, it's. uh, I don't feel like it. I'll sleep in today and exercise more tomorrow, and or I'm going to, you know, stick to the diet. But no, that piece of candy just looks too good. Uh, So, uh, yes, if if I see cupcakes with this big stack frosting on top, the way they make them today, I go like, wow. I did have. They were labeled muffins and were out at breakfast, (laughs) so I took one, which. Tasted like chocolate cake, um, and I and I pulled off the frosting and was quite proud of myself. And then I wiped off my hands, got clean, ate the cupcake, walked out of the area where they were serving the cupcakes, and ran into a friend, shook his hand, and got frosting on his shirt and all. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, but I apologized like sixteen times and can you know? Can I go find you a napkin or something? Don't, don't worry about. It. I'll go clean up in a minute. But, um, and it was a valuable connection I made, and the frosting didn't get in the way. If I was trying to set up how to sell something to somebody, there would no, be no frosting involved. It's never right. a positive thing. But um, whatever happens, i've I've sold somebody who I called with a wrong number. Um, and that's impressive. is Is Joe there? No, we don't have any Joe. Well, is this the such and such business? No. What are you talking about? But it happened to be a business, and the guy uh-huh. said, "Oh, what kind of? Oh, that's interesting. What kind of business is that?" And he told me a bit about his business, and I said, "Great. You know, you could probably use this. Let me send you a brochure." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it was one one time with the wrong number. Very uh, Yeah. The hardest part about doing all this stuff is the same fear we all have. We all feel shy. We don't want to make we don't want to dial the phone or send the email uh, today nobody makes a phone call they text is it okay if I talk to you you um, know mm-hmm. I don't know that's kind of the modern world like I'm, I don't shake a woman's hand unless she gives me permission um, <laughs> I'm an old white guy I look like a misogynist <laughs> I'm not I've never have done anything like that I told several young ladies yesterday that we, I, I guess it got stuck in my head a sign of aging, things get stuck in your head, You're, You know, either that or it was just over with. Uh, that I met a young woman and said like, you know, uh, is it okay if I shake your hand, shake their hand and said, you know, I'm not going to hug you or anything like that, yes. uh, just going to shake your hand, and thank you so much for this lovely experience, and uh, you know, the, the truth is, if I if I had a choice, I, you know, right now, I wouldn't be talking to you, I'd be talking to a beautiful girl. Uh, nothing to do with sex or misogyny or anything like that. So how come women only make 70 or 80% of what men do? Well, there's a whole lot of factor. That's for another show, we'll leave that one alone. But, but you know, cause I know anytime I was hiring, I'd hire the woman first. Uh, and, cause they're just better to look at. They make a prettier office so i didn't ever tell him dress up nice or you know something like that uh, but uh it made it very clear that yes it's i appreciate that you're good looking was uh, very nice so i don't know because i have to examine everything i did in life at this point again i don't want somebody to meet to me um you know that guy was creepy because he kept bringing up flirting and he was flirting by bringing up flirting uh no you know I'm 41 years married not a not a thought of chasing a woman at all it's a it's like my my rule for lying you don't lie because then you got to keep track of two things life is busy enough keep yes. the facts straight in your head as best you can write down what you can and don't go out trying to think you can fool anybody because <laughs> if they're over the age of five you probably aren't going to fool them. And, uh, wait a minute, there's a five-year-old running around in my house right now. Nope, cat full her. So <laughs> I, guess I guess four is my new cutoff for that. Uh, but, you know, be honest, work at your goals, uh, in a way, you know, and expect serendipity. Expect that somewhere along the line, you're, you set up that plan to make a million dollar and something came up, which might lead to the best thing ever. Uh, post-it notes is the most famous example somebody Uh, Invented a glue that didn't stick and and made post it notes. Billions of dollars made because the guy screwed up on the glue. Uh, So that's a little bit oversimplifying the story, but you know, you start studying, there's just like so many stories. One more book, I usually have it pulled up Obliquity, Uh, and it's by John Kay, UK economist. Uh, with a lot of good books, a lot of good ideas and uh, you know, look him up, watch his videos or whatever, uh, these are TED videos, but you, but uh, obli- ob- obliquity is the, that we can't go in a straight line. Anything we try to do, if you're flying across the country, you're going to get off course. Now you know, I hear that that's always used in success talk as recommendation is to always get back on course, uh, but told a little bit differently now. If you're you're, uh, driving and you miss a turn, you might wind up exploring something wonderful. You never know. If you're flying a plane and there's a lot of passengers in it, please go to the airport that the people paid to get to, but uh, (laughs) you know, so no matter what, there's always gonna be some course correction and some figuring out. I just read about the first moon landing and a guy that made it possible by setting up the idea that we had to orbit the moon before we landed because it was going to uh, uh, make the fuel and the size of the vehicle and everything rocket. They were actually looking at a 90-foot rocket landing on the moon. So, And there were course corrections that Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin did that made it so they had a little bit of a bump when they landed instead of crashing. And they couldn't have done that if their window was 90 feet above the ground. Um, and so in just, that was just one little thing think about it. Something doesn't go right today, deal with it. That guy comes on your podcast and tells stories of who knows what, (laughs) maybe we cut out part and we make something of it, but, uh, it probably wasn't the one you expected. I'd be glad to be here.
0: Also, uh, thanks uh, so so, so much for spending a little bit of uh, time with me today. Sharing your stories.
1: Fine. Look me up online, Warren Whitlock. Google there you go. Me. Yep. Uh, and and you will kindly put a link back to my website. That's, Absolutely. That's the advertising that. I expect, and we'll be good. Great. Awesome. Nice All
0: right, talk guys. You. Uh, you'll be able to you'll be able to uh, watch this episode on uh, TeaWithMike.com. I'll put Warren's uh, social links and whatever else he'd uh, like to put in the show notes below. And uh, thanks again uh, for watching. It's the Tea with Mike show.